Hello, residents. My name is Mike Estefan. I'm joined today by Maddie Watts, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Rabbits Insurance, my personal independent disability insurance agent. We will talk more about Pearson Rabbits later in the episode. Today is round number 15 of the game. Maddie will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format. She has 15 minutes to complete the full case. She absolutely does not know what this case is ahead of time. And if Maddie hits all of the critical actions that I have listed out beforehand, she wins. If she doesn't, or if she performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They are not derived from actual ABEM cases that I had, and they are not real patients. Maddie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Heard you had a doozy of a shift. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is a busy time for patients and providers alike right now. We are seeing people in every nook and cranny we can find. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like that's a ubiquitous experience at uh, academic hospitals. It was like that every day where I trained. Yeah, we. Uh, I saw something written chemo corner and it was like a corner that was kind of isolated so we could see immunocompromised patients and so we don't have any room so i was oh like well, that's gosh. good <laughs> oh my gosh this is healthcare in america folks <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, all right without further ado maddie please take out a piece of paper and a pencil place the paper sideways in front of you outline a human body on the left side of it and let me know when you are ready I am good to go. Okay. Dr. Watts, this will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? I don't think so. All right. I am starting my timer now. You are working at Clerkship General when you hear an EMS call on the base command radio. Clerkship General, we are activating a trauma alert. We are bringing you a 33-year-old male from a high-speed single-vehicle collision. We'll see you in five. Dr. Watts, is there anything you would like to prepare before this patient arrives? Do we have any pre-hospital vital signs? Uh, they already hung up on the base command radio. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I would like to have my trauma nurse available and probably a tech as well. Um if we have emergency release blood available, I would like to have that at bedside, but hard to know really what else to have if I don't have more history for this patient. Okay, and I assume you want this patient in the trauma bay? Yes, please. Alrighty. Looks like EMS is pulling in now. Hey, Doc. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, why don't we go ahead and take report, and then we'll get started. All right. This is Cody, guys. Cody is a 33-year-old male. It looks like he crashed head-on into a telephone pole. It was unwitnessed, but the speed limit on the road was about 50. Airbags were very clearly deployed when we got there, and there was quite a prolonged extrication. There was significant intrusion on the driver's side door. Once we got to him, he was pretty somnolent and not really responding, but we gave him some Narcan, and on, on route here, he began waking up. He's a lot more with it now. He's got an obvious deformity to the right upper extremity, and we did our best to put on a makeshift, a makeshift splint before coming here. Do you have any other questions? 
Did you get any pre-hospital vitals and what was your pre-hospital best GCS? Uh, his GCS after the Narcan was 14 and we had a blood pressure of 95 over 45 on route. Okay. And no tourniquet up? No tourniquet. All right. So let's move him over to our bed. Let's go ahead and get an opening set of vitals. Okay. Um, how are you going to transfer the patient to the bed? Um, if he does not have a seat collar in place, I'm going to place a seat collar and then I would like him kept in spinal precaution. So having someone hold the neck as we move. Okay. Patient was not in a seat collar. You placed a seat collar and patient was moved to the bed. My arm, my fucking arm. I need pain medication now. All right. Let's get an opening set of vitals. Do we have any access from EMS? Uh, no access from EMS. Um, your initial set of vitals, you have a heart rate of 65, a respiratory rate of 20, a blood pressure of 88 over 50, an O2 saturation of 96% on room air, and a temperature of 97.0. All right, so patient is hypotensive, so our biggest priority is access. If we can have our nursing staff working on a peripheral access, and if we can't get one quickly, we may need to work on a central access like a cordis. Um, and then I want to do a primary survey. So, um, it sounds like a patient screaming, his airway is intact, no blood or obstruction. Correct. Airway is intact. Okay. Do I have bilateral breath sounds that are equal? Bilateral breath sounds are present. Okay. Any obvious life-threatening hemorrhage? Uh, no, you see the, the splint on the right upper extremity, the gauze is soaked through with blood, but there's no pulsatile hemorrhage. Um, there's no active hemorrhage that you can see. Okay. Do I have two plus radial and pedal pulses? Yes. You have great pulses in all four extremities, including the right upper extremity. All right. And then, um, his GCS and pupil exam. Um, his GCS at this point seems to be 15. Um, he just keeps screaming, I need pain medications, my fucking arm. And his pupils are three millimeters reactive bilaterally. All right. So let's try to work on exposing the patient while we're working on access as well. Um, cause that's going to be the last part of our primary survey. Do we have any peripheral access at this time? Uh, your nurse was able to get a 16-gauge IV in the left upper extremity. Couldn't get anything on the right because of the deformity. Got it. Um, so I want to prioritize resuscitation. I know this patient is in pain, but he's also hypotensive. So I'd like to put a unit of blood up to that 16-gauge IV and put that in as quickly as possible, whether we have a Belmont or another rapid infuser, and continue to work on additional peripheral access if able um, and then continue to expose the patient and do my secondary survey. Okay, patient is completely exposed. Um, what kind of blood would you like to give? Um, we can give O positive. Okay, one unit of O positive blood is being infused through the rapid infuser. All right, um, and so I'm going to do my head-to-toe survey. Any... Um, Hematoma to the head, depressed skull fracture, mid-face instability, jaw malocclusion? No. Okay. Um, trachea is midline, no crepitus or tenderness of the neck? Correct. Any chest wall deformity or tenderness? 
no chest wall deformity. There's a little bit of tenderness kind of across the entire chest. Okay. Um, and then any abdominal tenderness or rigidity? His abdomen is soft and non-tender. Is pelvis stable? His pelvis is grossly stable. Okay. Um, is he able to move all of his extremities? Doc, I'm not doing shit until you fix my arm. We need to focus on your blood pressure, which is very low. I know you're in pain. We'll give you pain medicine as soon as we can. Can you wiggle your toes for me? He refuses to cooperate. Okay. Um, and we still have one point of access, correct? Uh, your nurse was able to get a second 16-gauge IV in that left upper extremity okay. in a different vein. Awesome. Let's recycle a blood pressure. Um, we can give him um, 100 micrograms of fentanyl um, for pain control as long as he confirms he has no medication allergies. Um, he says he has no known drug allergies. Um, recycling a blood pressure, it is unchanged 88 over 45. Okay. Um, let's continue with blood product resuscitation. So um, we will do two units of blood and then we'll um, alternate with um, FFP. Um, so we'll do two units of blood and then a unit of FFP. Um, and... We um, can also give a gram of TXA um, after the fentanyl. Um, with pain control, will he cooperate with my exam? Yes, he will cooperate right now. Um, would you like to give the blood or the FFP first? The second unit of blood first. Okay. Second and then, unit's going in. First unit's still finishing up. I also would like to have my trauma surgery team at bedside if they are not already. So if we can go ahead and page them. Um, and then I would like to perform a fast exam. Um, but I guess we still need to roll um, to finish our secondary survey. So patient was able to move his upper and lower extremities, correct? Um, he, he moves his bilateral upper extremities. Um, he's not really moving his lower extremities. And uh, the nurse informs you, hey, doc, uh, we don't have a trauma team here. Okay, got it. We can go ahead and activate a transfer um, request. He will need to be transferred to a trauma center and we'll continue to resuscitate him in the meantime. Okay. Um, if I can have someone hold C-spine and roll him, does he have any uh, C, T, or L-spine tenderness or step-off? Um, so you hold C-spine, you log roll him. He does have cervical and thoracic midline spinal tenderness to palpation. Okay. Does he have intact rectal tone? Um, he has diminished rectal tone. Okay. So, um, we roll him back, um, and I would like to do a fast exam. At this point, I have higher concern for spinal cord injury and um, neurogenic shock, given that he's bradycardic, hypotensive, and he has findings on exam that are concerning for spinal cord injury. But I'd like to make sure that he also doesn't have any free fluid in his belly concerning for bleeding. So um, let's go ahead and do a fast exam. Fast exam is negative. Okay. Um, and he has long sliding bilaterally as well. 
his EFAST exam is negative. Awesome. So um, at this point, I am more concerned about uh, spinal cord injury and neurogenic shock. So um, can we recycle a blood pressure again after the first two units of blood? Uh, blood pressure is now 80 over 40. Okay. So at this point, I um, think we should start pressors. So if we can start Levo at 7. Um, and can we get a VBG, a CBC, a CMP, a uh, type and screen, um, an ethanol, a UDS, um, yeah, so send, send that off. Um, I guess the UDS will be later. That's not that important. Um, and then I would like to get a chest x-ray and a pelvic x-ray as well, uh, portable. Okay. All those labs have been sent off. Your chest x-ray and pelvic x-ray are on their way. Okay. So looking at his chest x-ray, his mediastinum is not wide. He has inflated lungs bilaterally. I don't see anything consistent with pneumothorax or hemothorax or any obvious rib fractures. Doesn't look like any free air under the diaphragm. His pelvic x-ray looks grossly normal. I don't see any obvious unstable pelvic injuries or open book pelvic injury which is reassuring. Um, can we recycle the blood pressure after initiation of pressors? Uh, blood pressure has improved 110 over 75. Okay. Um, so I think we can hold off on further blood, plot, blood product resuscitation for right now. Um, now... Maybe I can see if patient will comply further with exam. Does he have any sensation to light touch in his lower extremities? He has severely diminished sensation to both lower extremities. Okay. Um, so in terms of his management before he gets transferred, I have a guy with a likely spinal cord injury um, who also seemingly crashed his car in a single vehicle accident. So that's also concerning. Did he have a seizure or another event? Um, I think we should get an EKG and a CT scan of his head before he leaves at a minimum. Um, if we're able to do a um, CT trauma pack, which would be a CT head CT and L spine, as well as CT chest and abdomen. I would do that ideally before transfer um, to identify the full extent of his injuries. Have we heard anything from the transfer center? Um, they're they're working on. He was accepted for transfer, but the the ambulance is going to be. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's going to be two minutes from now. You have two minutes until the ambulance arrives for transport. Okay. Um, so, so CT head, uh, pan scan basically is what you're asking for, right? Yes. Okay. If we have the time, CT but would not yes. want to delay transfer. So C CT head shows no acute hemorrhage. CT C spine was sent to you. Um, 
CT, chest, abdomen, pelvis, no acute traumatic injuries. Okay, so I'm looking at his CT C-spine. He does appear to have a C-spine injury. Looks like maybe C6 or so um, with uh, retropulsion of the... um, vertebral body into the spinal canal. So he definitely needs to stay on strict log roll. He cannot come out of his seat collar. And I would emphasize that to EMS on transfer. And he should continue on vasopressors while on transfer. Okay. You have 25 seconds left until the ambulance arrives. Would you like to do anything else? If we can do an EKG before he leaves. Uh, EKG showed normal sinus rhythm. Okay. Labs are still cooking. I think that's good. Okay. And that ends your case. Good job. Thank you. Um, So before we go through how you did, let's talk about our sponsor for the month, Pearson Rabbits Insurance. Pearson Rabbits is my own occupation disability insurance broker. The company is dedicated to helping healthcare professionals like you and I obtain own occupation disability insurance. Let me tell you a short story about how Pearson Rabbits helped my significant other. And realize I'm keeping things intentionally vague here, but my partner has a pre-existing condition that requires lifelong treatment and certainly could one day lead to disability. She is also a physician. She signed up for some random disability insurance policy when she was in residency that was not own occupation. When she learned about the importance of having own occupation disability insurance, she went looking through that same broker who gave her that first policy. They told her that nobody would ever insure you for own occupation disability insurance with your pre-existing condition. So I'm close with Pearson Rabbits. I had her reach out to Pearson Rabbits, and through their specialized network of insurance agents that Pearson Rabbits has access to from years of being in the business, Pearson Rabbits was eventually able to help my partner find an own occupation disability insurance policy when she was told a year ago that this would be impossible. We are grateful for the help that Pearson Rabbits has provided both of us, and we just can't recommend them enough. Don't wait until it's too late. Go to www.pearsonravits.com and schedule a consultation appointment today. Don't forget to mention EM Clerkship when you do. And now, back to the episode. So, Maddie, what was your overall interpretation of the case? What, What happened? What was the final diagnosis here? So, this patient had neurogenic shock secondary to spinal cord injury. What I don't know for sure is if I missed something as to why this person wrecked their car, but maybe that was not necessarily related. Uh, So you are correct. Um, Patient had a high spinal cord injury resulting in neurogenic shock. Um, I'm, you were probably, your mind was probably going a mile a minute. Um, when I said this, but uh, EMS, when they found the patient and found him in the car, he was almost unresponsive and they gave him Narcan and then he woke up on route. So that uh, was yes. why he, that is why he crashed the car. 
Um, was there anything else that you weren't really sure about or things that you think you may have missed? Um, I definitely think I would have missed it if you did not say something was the see caller and transfer because that's something that in real life I would have made sure to do but in an oral board scenario making sure to verbalize that because our EMS always put people in see callers and our staff noted to transfer people with spinal precautions but certainly that's something that you cannot forget especially in this case to verbalize or else you would certainly fail so if you hadn't mentioned how would you like to transfer them I might have completely glossed over that. Yeah, I gave you a little bit of help there. Um, and to be fair, you know, these cases are are really difficult. You know, things that are automatic in real life are not automatic on oral boards. And, you know, fortunately for you, it sounds like um, your EMS agency is on point with the C collars. But where I work, it's, it's not a guarantee. And I, I'd probably say maybe one out of every seven or eight traumas they come in without a C collar and we have to put one on before transfer. So but that's kind of the the challenge with these oral boards. You know, most of the cases are are at least somewhat straightforward, but it's just the stuff that's automatic in real life is not automatic on oral boards. And you you have to be conscious and intentional with every single thing you do. Yeah. Also something I it's one of those things that always gets forgotten that doesn't think it would make a difference in this case, but a blood sugar and this guy who's altered and crashed his car probably should have been on our list. Sure, sure. If you had asked, I would have given it to you, but it was not a critical action for this case. Um, so there was one thing that you did miss and not to take away from your performance of this case, you did really good. But for these cases, especially these trauma cases, test takers love trauma cases because there's a whole lot going on all at once and it's hard to juggle multiple issues and prioritizing, you know, what needs my attention first and what do I need to remember to circle back to once I've stabilized the patient. And that was kind of the, the thing with this case. So when the guy came in, I mentioned multiple times he had an obvious deformity to his arm. He had a splint that was covered in blood. He was screaming that his arm was in pain. So this gentleman had an open distal radius fracture. And one of the critical actions, we'll go through all of them, but one of the critical actions was to give antibiotics for an open fracture. Got it. Yeah, I was like, okay, not actively arterially bleeding. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so all the critical actions for this case, the first one was to apply cervical collar upon arrival, which you did with a little prompting. Um, the second one, again, required a little prompting was to treat the patient's pain. And this is a big one on boards. Um, they will it's just so important. It'll be a critical action. They will push you towards, if you forget, they will have the patient express, ow, oh, I'm still in pain, I'm still in pain. And every time they have to remind you, you're getting points docked. You don't, you don't fail unless you totally blow off their pain, but it's an important thing to address immediately up front. So treat the patient's pain, which you did. Number three was give antibiotics for open fracture which unfortunately that was the distracting kind of thing here was missed. Number four, 
which you did an excellent job of, was rule out immediate life-threatening causes for shock in the setting of trauma, and then diagnose neurogenic shock after that, which I think you did an excellent job of doing. And then number five, start vasopressors for neurogenic shock, which you did. So unfortunately, because of how these oral board exams are graded by missing a critical action, a single critical action, you would have failed this case. But overall, I think you did really, really well, Maddie. Well, thanks. Yeah, that was a hard one. And especially in real life, I feel like we have so many people in the room for these traumas and we have a tech doing a blood pressure. We have a nurse getting an access, sometimes two getting access on both sides. We have both the trauma team and our ED team who are able to do a cortis and a fast and a primary and secondary, and it all happens at once. And being able to verbalize that A and B prioritize that in the right order is really hard on an oral board scenario. This is like my first time doing a trauma like that. And it was definitely tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you you did awesome. And it, it just takes practice to kind of, you know, write down, you know, don't forget the arm, but address the hypotension. Um, so one thing I, I just want to go into a little more was um, kind of your your thought process behind his hypotension. So can you walk us through kind of what you were thinking at first? Yeah. So I think in trauma, hypotension, your first gut instinct is give blood until you can prove or at least make it less likely that there's bleeding somewhere. So I gave blood immediately while I was performing my assessment to find out if there was any obvious external hemorrhage, to look for internal hemorrhage with a fast exam, and then would have kept going with that except for that everything was leading towards neurogenic shock. And I, at the beginning, you said the heart rate was 65, but then I didn't know the hypotension until later and I had kind of forgotten that heart rate until we were talking about the lower extremity exam. And then I was like, oh, he wasn't tachycardic and it all kind of fit together of hypotension without tachycardia and with clinical findings concerning for a spinal cord injury. And that's not really gonna respond to blood products. You really need that uh, peripheral tone to improve. Yeah, I, I think you you nailed it there. Um, definitely hypotension in the setting of trauma is either hemorrhagic or obstructive shock until proven otherwise. And you, even though you didn't verbalize it, you rolled out obstructive shock. Actually, you verbalized the the lung sliding. So, uh, kind of looking for a large pericardial fusion with tamponade on your fast exam and looking for signs of attention pneumo. Um, so you ruled out obstructive shock. You ruled out hemorrhagic shock, and uh, you land at neurogenic shock. So overall, I think you did really well. It's just these small things will kill you on the real deal. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely good to think about. Okay. Um, other than that, do you have any any thoughts on the case? Anything further you want to discuss? I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in today. Please reach out. Give us comments, feedback, case ideas, whatever. We are responsive. My email is mike at emclerkship.com. And my email is maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E, at emclerkship.com. And until next month, keep working hard 
keep studying and be sure to enjoy your shift.